Hello and welcome. My name is Pastor Shane Britt, and it is such an honor to have you join our podcast today. I pray that you will find something uplifting and encouraging in the word you are about to hear. Also, please feel free to connect with us via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. I'm so excited about what you're about to hear. Let's dive right into the Word of God. As you remain standing, I will echo what Brother Josh Brantley has already said. It is such an honor to see this house so pleasantly filled this morning with hungry hearts. I believe as the Lord has already ministered, He will continue to minister through the preaching and teaching of the Word of God. If this is your first time to be here at the sanctuary, we are elated and excited about what God has begun in your life today. It may be the first time you've ever been into a Pentecostal church. Just know we love worshiping the Lord in spirit and in truth. And so we act a little radical. And we give the one who saved us, redeemed us, healed us. We love giving him radical praise. We love giving him radical worship. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse number 1. It will be on your screen for those of you that will follow along. And the sons of the prophets said unto Elisha, Behold, now the place where we dwell with thee is too straight for us. Let us go, we pray thee, unto Jordan. Take thence every man a beam, and let us make a place there where we may dwell. And he answered, Go ye. And one said, Be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servants. And he answered, I will go. And so he went with them, and when they came to Jordan, they cut down wood. But as for, but as one was felling a beam, or as one was cutting a beam, the axe head fell into the water. And he cried and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. And the man of God said, Where fell it? And he showed him the place. He cut a stick, cut down a stick, and cast it in thither. And the iron did swim. Therefore said he, Take it up to thee. And he put out his hand and took it. I believe there is a divine spirit of the Lord that will bring revelation into this room and will help individuals regain something that has been lost or what appears to be lost. I want to preach to you just for a little bit of time this morning, regaining the lost edge. Regaining the lost edge. If you're going to help me preach, would you just lift your hands all over the house one more time. Father, your word's already anointed. I pray that you would move in such a dynamic and real way in hearts today. May we leave in just a little bit of time saying, surely the presence of the Lord was in this place. For I felt him and he changed me. And I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. 
so good to see the holiday family in the house today. Dylan, it's good to see you. Proud of you being here. So glad the family is here. Brother Shane Haynes, it's so good to see that row filled up with family. And we're believing God for a miracle. And Mama, he's not done. He's not finished yet. Sister Chantel, it's good to see you sitting beside Brother Joseph today all the way from Ohio. We're glad you're here. Uh, Kenzie, it's so good to see you today, and welcome to the house of the Lord. And I go across this room, and I don't want to, who you got sitting beside you, Destiny? Oh, it's good to see your friend today. We're glad you're here today in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Brother Guzman, you're all right in my book. You're doing good. Tomorrow, we start our last week of fasting. We have been on a journey for 21 days of consecration and sacrifice. And I am so proud of each of you that have made the commitment to take this journey this year. Tomorrow, we will begin no bread, no meats, no sweets. That will be each day, the complete 24-hour cycle per day. Or you can choose to do 6A to 6P. Water only fast. That means before 6A, you can have whatever you want. After 6P, you can have whatever you want. Many have asked, does the media continue next week? No. Does the caffeine portion continue the next week? No. So there will be some of you shouting and going to, to the coffee pot tomorrow. The coffee pot tomorrow at my house will never look so good as it will tomorrow as my wife gets a caffeinated cup of coffee. Uh, just want to make sure everyone understands this. Um, I do believe God is doing something special in our church this year. We do, um, we do these fast, and as I prepared for this message, this is our 15th corporate fast since I became pastor. And each one of these have produced and how proved to be effective in our spiritual walk with the Lord. I failed to mention this this year, but it's not too late for you to do what I'm about to instruct you. If you have not written down things that you are praying and fasting for this year, please do that this week. If there are specific things that you're petitioning the Lord I still believe in the principle of his word when he said, Some things goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. I've, I have seen these lists when people wrote down things. And I, I have my own list in the word of God that I keep. And I wrote, just wrote it down. It's nothing fancy. But I wrote several things down. And I believe in one of these, and we're not even through on on this, we're not even through fasting, and one of these has already begun to take place in just 14 short days of our committed fast. So if you've not done that, write something down. If you need ideas, uh, if you have lost loved ones, I'm praying for my prodigals to be saved. If you need a promotion, I'm praying this year and I'm fasting that the Lord would have his will and way in my personal life and open up the right job. If you're praying for a home or house, whatever it is, Lord, I'm praying for the right doors to open. I'm praying for this situation, this living situation. Put it down. 
Write it down. And when you're fasting this week, when you get weary, when you get hungry, when a ribeye seems to be just calling your name and you're on no bread, no meats, no sweets, you can yank this list out and say, you know what? What I'm praying for is more important than what my belly is craving right now. So I just believe in the principle of fasting. Uh, this is personally, I tried to do the math, and my wife maybe can uh, give me a little better insight. We're in 15 years here. We go back prior four years, so we're in our 19th. It's either 19 or 20. I'll really have to tie into the dates. But we're in our 19th or 20th consecutive fast, our families, and we believe in the power of fasting and prayer. And so I want to say thank you to this great church for joining us in the spirit of fasting and prayer. So I open up my message this morning with a, a few questions. Undeserving of an answer that you will speak loudly, but it will be for self-evaluation. How would you evaluate your spiritual life as we end this fast and as we enter into the second half of January 2024. How would you evaluate your spiritual life? Are you excited to come to church each Sunday and Wednesday? Are you excited to come to prayer meeting on Thursday nights? Has your worship grown dull the music sounded good today the singers were highly anointed but did you really engage in worship has it grown dull are you still inviting people to church are you still excited to share your testimony of what God has done in your life well, pastor, that was 10 years ago. That was three years ago. That was 25 years. Are you still excited about where he found you? I, I, is your testimony still red hot in your life? Are you still passionate about being involved in the kingdom of God? Or have we just stepped back and said, you know what? I'll go and I'll check the box. I'm here. My body's here, but my spirit is floating around out there. It's, it's, I'm really not engaged. I'm here because I have to. Only you can answer these questions. But if you've answered no to any of those that I just presented, I believe it would be safe to evaluate our own spiritual lives and admit I've lost my edge. You may say a physical edge. No, I'm not speaking of a physical edge. I'm talking about a spiritual edge. I'm not here in my message today very quickly will shift. I'm not here to condemn you, but I am here to challenge you. I'm here to take time to declare a fast and a prayer that will revolutionize your life 
and shift you in a direction that will affect the rest of your year if you will listen and hear the voice of the Lord. Why are you, why, why did God put this in you today, Pastor? I know why God put this into me to share because God wants to supernaturally change you. His plans for you have not changed. He still wants you to be and become all that he ever wanted you to become. I wish the words of Jeremiah would rise up in your spirit. I knew you before I even formed you. I know the plans I have for you. But, but, but I, where I'm at right now is diametrically opposed of where I thought I would be. You're in the right place at the right time today for you to get the solution to the problem. And God said you've showed up at the right Sunday to hear what it takes to regain your lost edge. Fasting and prayer does something that no other source or power can do. It brings you closer to God. When you fast and when you pray, you break away from the routines of life and it draws you closer in an intimate relationship with God. I am convinced that fasting is a gateway through which God releases his supernatural power into each and every life. But here I stand on this day to say to you, the choice is ours. The choice is mine today. I know we're two weeks behind. We're two weeks into our fast. And some of you may say, man, I wish I'd have been here to get on. No, it's not too late. You can join us this week. You can get on board this week and say, I am going to fast this week. And the choice is mine. I can open up that gateway of the supernatural. Or I can ignore it and stay in a routine. I can stay in the predictable or I can, I can be like Peter and I can step out of the boat and say, God, bid me to come and I'll come. I've witnessed profound miracles in this church and through this ministry. Things that could not have come about from our own efforts and strengths. All because of prayer and fasting and trusting and honoring the word of God. The longer I pastor, I see it more and more. More people have lost their edge in their lives. They've lost their homes. They've lost their marriages, their commitment to the Lord. We stand in church and we sing songs and we lift our hands, but there's no edge in our worship. There's no edge in the preaching. There's, there, there's just dull routines that take place. And if we're not careful, we can all fall into these ruts. Uh, we can all fall into these routines and rituals. But I'm standing before you today to declare fasting can change everything. In a short season of self-denial, it can release long term rewards. Taking the time to fast is like taking the time to sharpen an axe that you are about to use to cut down a tree or to chop wood. Ecclesiastes 10 and 10 says, if the axe is dull, 
and one does not sharpen the edge, then he must use more strength. Could it be that we're weary today from using dull axes? Could it be we're weary today because we've let our relationship with God grow weary and dull and we, we haven't focused on our spiritual man? Sure, you may say a dull axe can cut wood. Power, you can power along and you can press through in your own strength and your own energy. But sooner or later, that dull axe will wear you out. But the writer of Ecclesiastes is saying to us, there is a better way. There is, I, I try to live by this principle, don't always get it right. But you know what, I've lived long enough, almost 50 years to declare unto you, it's better to work smart, not hard. It's better to work smart. This year we've done several uh, overnight stays at our, at our uh, hunting lease. And I've watched men with axes in their hands. I've watched men with chainsaws in their hands. I've watched them cut down little trees to build a fire. And I've watched and chains fall off. Chains get dull. Axes get dull. And I watch with, with the sweat of their brow chopping and cutting wood to make a fire. How many times in our lives do we go through troubles and trials and storms? We just heard it saying. We're using dull axes to try to accomplish what God has put us and surrounded us with. Dull axes is the problem for so many people in churches today. But fasting restores the sharp edge. Just like a, a woodsman, just like an outdoorsman would take a file and sharpen that old, that old chainsaw blade or take that axe blade and take a few moments. But I'm so busy, we've got to cut down these trees. But I'm going to work twice as hard with a dull axe. God's calling us as a people. God is using this fast this year to give us the, the ability to take a time out for seven days and sharpen your axe. Take your time out this year and say no to bread, no to sweets, and no to meat. And just get in his word and find yourself sharpening your spiritual acts. You can't do this within your own power. You can't do this within your own strength. It takes a consecration because I promise you tomorrow evening, you hadn't had any food. You hadn't had them chicken nuggets. You hadn't had that hamburger. You hadn't had those things that, that you really enjoy. But in the back of your mind, I want you to remember your pastor. I'm just sharpening my axe. I'm saying no to what this flesh craves. Because if I can't say no to meat and I can't say no to bread and I can't say no to sweets, am I going to say no to alcohol? Am I going to say no to an affair? Am I going to say no to pornography? Am I going to say no to drugs? If I can't say no to these things, how am I going to say no to the big things? Or what we call big things. Am I going to say no to lying if I can't say no to? God's trying to sharpen us. God's trying to sharpen our edge and let us regain our spiritual sharpness. 
because he knows a destiny is waiting on you. He, is, he knows there's somebody going to come in your life that needs to hear your testimony that the fire has kind of went out. It's kind of, the fire ain't as hot as it used to be. There's going to somebody come in and say, man, I remember they used to be a worshiper. Now they, now they just sit and they're very reserved. They don't have the zeal. They don't have the zeal for the kingdom of God. I don't want that to be me. I don't want that to be our church. But God, would you raise up some men, some women, and some young people that would say, I want to get my edge back. I want to regain my lost head. When the young man in 2 Kings lost his edge, he literally lost the axe head. God gave him a miracle he needed to get it back. He was part of the sons of the prophets, followers and mentored by Elisha. The group had outgrown their living quarters. They headed to the banks of the Jordan. They cut trees. They made beams to make a new lodging place as they worked. I'm sure this man had the good intentions like we all. He didn't notice that his the instrument he was using, the axe head. He didn't even notice it fell off. I don't know how many times he swung the axe afterwards. The word of God doesn't say. But every time he swung, he did not realize that the axe head was getting loose. Every time he would swing, it would move. It would shift a little. It would change a little. And suddenly the thing that was borrowed, the thing he was using to be productive, the thing that was entrusted into his hands suddenly slipped off the end of the axe handle and went into a muddy river. He stood on the bank, axe handle in hand, devastated and powerless to change what had just happened. He was eager to do something about it. He couldn't chop wood. He couldn't be a part of the, of, of the ministry of building a house. He lost his edge. Maybe you know how he feels. You once had an edge. You sensed the Lord's anointing in your life. You were going for it. Your life was consecrated to God. You had a deep passion for spiritual things. Then something slipped. Something worked loose. You got a little offended. Got hurt. I lost my edge. I missed one service and one service turned to two. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to backslide, but it just happened. I didn't mean to walk away, but you sit today and you've lost your edge. The enemy has convinced you that it's out of sight. The enemy's convinced you you'll never get your edge back. He's convinced you that the, the axe head or the edge is buried. It's stuck at the bottom of a river that you can't fetch it out of. The young man did the only thing he knew to do. He cried out to the help from Elisha. He knew that God had used Elisha. You see, the seasoned prophet made the water of Jericho drinkable again. He made all supply back into the widow's house. He raised a young boy from the dead. He even healed a man of leprosy. 
If anyone had the faith to see God do what seemed impossible, it was Elisha. And 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 6 and 7 tells us what happened. So the man of God said, where? Where did it fall? Where'd you lose it? And he showed him the place. So Elisha cut off a stick and threw it in there. He threw it in the water. And something miraculous started happening. The very thing that he lost began to float. The King James Version said it began to swim. Now, I've never seen a piece of iron swim. But this was a miracle in the ministry of Elisha. But here's what stood out to me. Therefore, Elisha told, the, told this young son of a prophet, sons of the prophet, pick it up for yourself. So he reached out his hand and he took it. Hmm. I'm going to tell you, I was in my office this morning. I felt this so strong in the Holy Ghost that some of you have bought into the lie that you're anointing that your purpose, that your dreams, that your family, that your lost children, that they're gone forever. You've bought into the lie and you're facing dire circumstances. Maybe you lost a job. Maybe you're in the process of losing a home or even respect and even hope. But I want to encourage you right now. God can still make iron float like he did for that young prophet he can return the edge which you lost I've come to prophesy some of you sit here today and the enemy has breathed lies into your spirit but I come against every voice every distraction that would say your life is over that you've done too much or you've gone no 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 just like that young man he had to reach out and take that iron from the water there's a few steps you gotta take to get your lost edge back. Somebody say, number one, you got to make up in your mind you're going to get it back. You got to make up in your mind, I'm going to get my edge back. It's the starting point that you got to cross. You know what? I'm fasting to regain my lost edge. I know I hadn't worshiped like I ought to. I know I hadn't been a testimony. like I, I know I'm not involved like I should be. I know I've grown cold in my relationship. But you know what's going to happen on Monday morning? Something's going to rise up inside of you. And you're going to realize I'm fasting with a purpose. I'm fasting to get my edge back. Think about this prophet in training. He stood at the edge of the Jordan. He's not prophesying to anybody. He's not speaking forth any great oracles to the nations. Just a person who was cutting wood, but now he stopped in his tracks because he has no axe head. He's a part of the group, but he has no edge. We came to church. But I have no edge. I came and I heard the music, but I don't have an edge. I, I, I kind of blend in and I fit in, but I don't have an edge. Kind of sound familiar? And here's what the Spirit has me to say today. The word in his heart said he would be a prophet. But his world said he was a woodcutter 
without an axe. He easily could have tossed the He easily could have tossed that handle aside and said it must not be the will of the Lord. I guess it was only I guess I was only going to be used just for a few moments of working. And here's what the Lord said. You may be in a season when your word doesn't match your world. Faith is trusting God no matter how impossible the odds are. Faith is saying, I don't understand how and I don't know when, but my faith is in Him. My faith is in what He can do. I can't cause iron to swim. I can't cause an edge to come back upon the handle that I hold in my hand. I can't. But sometimes God allows the odds to be stacked against us so we can experience a miracle. Let me remind every born-again, spirit-filled believer, you serve the same God of Elisha. Do you mean to tell me God will do it for Elisha and he won't do it for you? He is the God of the impossible. Now is the time. This it's the week. This is the year that I make up my mind and I stand on every promise and I believe what seems to me may be impossible. I'm stopping the lies in my head. I'm stopping every lie of the enemy. He wants to see me defeated, but something rises up in me to declare I can get my edge back. Something rises. I can get my zeal back. I can get what I lost back. Second step. You got to first confess that you lost your edge. You know what I think about when I think of the son of the prophet here? The young man didn't keep silent. He immediately sought help from God. He he went to the man of God knowing that he was connected to the source who could perform the miracle. And he knew that the prophet, he had done seen him do miracles before. He had the ability to summon help from above so he could regain what was lost. You will never get anything accomplished by remaining in denial about your situation. Going through religious motions day after day is no way to live. It's not what God called us to do. If you've lost your passion, if you've lost your edge, you've got to be the first one to say and confess, I've lost it. I'm not who I used to be. I'm not as excited as I used to be. I'm not as on fire as I used to be. When you confess it, that's where God stands on the scene and says, because you confessed it, now I can bring it back. But it's so easy, Pastor, to keep a mask on and keep working with a dull axe. It's so easy to keep a mask on and masquerade like everything's okay and try to fool everybody but God. But God sent me to this house today to tell you that 2024 will not be a year where we swing dull axes. But God is calling every spirit-filled individual to take up your weapons Take up your weapons and begin to fight with authority. Begin to fight in the spirit with a sharpness. With a sharpness.
If it's a two-edged sword, I believe he wants us to be using both edges at the same time. It's a two-edged sword. So how do you sharp a two-edged sword? Fasting and prayer. You've got to start fasting and you've got to start praying and sharpen that sword. The sword of the Spirit is going to cause you to be sensitive to the intentions of God. What are you trying to do to me? What are you trying to do? When you fast and pray, you become more sensitive to the intentions of God. Step number three. Here's what's about to happen. You got to take action when the opportunity presents itself. Elisha did not grab the axe head and put it back on the handle. I can't put your axe hand, I cannot put your axe head back on your handle. I can speak the word of faith. I can prophesy. I can pray unto the Lord. I can lay hands upon you and trust God. But when the axe head floats, the young man had to do what only he could do. He had to reach his hand down in that water and say, this is mine. He took it for himself. I've lived long enough. God will not do for you what you can do for yourself. You would think that if the miracle could cause that piece of iron to float, it could also just jump out of that water like a fish and reattach itself to the handle. But God intends, God intends for you to be part of the miracle. Brother Weaver, God intends for us to be a part of the miracle. Yes, we're going to pray, but God's going to speak in faith. And sometimes you just got to step out of that aisle and say, you know what? I'm going to that front. I'm going to get anointed because it's Scripture. Could God just heal you? Yeah. But he said, if you're sick, call on the elders. Anointing. With oil. We're a part of the miracle. It's not to bring glory to us. It's to bring glory to God. Oh. God intends for you and I to be part of the process of regaining the lost edge. You see, when we declare a fast and we set a time aside for prayer... You know what you're doing? You're reaching your hand into the river. You're spiritually reaching your hand into the river and picking up a sharp edge. God's allowing you to put it back together. God's allowing you to put that axe head back on that handle. And when you start swinging in the Holy Ghost, when you start swinging in the Spirit, it won't be like it was the next time. It won't be like it was last year. You're going to start swinging with a fresh edge. You're going to start praying more directed prayers. Prayers like, not my will, but I, but I want this so bad. I want it. Lord, I want your will to be done. Would you protect me from something I don't need? Would you protect our family from something? Oh, I want it. And I started praying this prayer over the last couple of weeks. God, answer this prayer. Are you ready? Or do something better. (laughs) 
Somebody needs to hear it. That's a word in the Holy Ghost. Some of you are praying prayers right now, and God's saying, I, I could answer that prayer, but you're holding back what I've got better. But if I shift my prayer during this fast, this last week, God, I want you to answer this prayer. But if you don't, give me something better. Do something better in my faith. Do something better. We settle too, too often for God's good when God's got his best waiting on us. Oh, I feel that. I, I wish I could move. Woo. God's got some plans for you. God's got some promises for you. But fasting gets our spirits in a line with his purpose. When you step into the river or you stick your hand in the river this week, I'm telling you, I'm coming in agreement right now. Brother Jake Jones, I believe this is going to happen for you in this building project. You're going to have sharp ideas. There's going to be sharp relationships with new people that is going to add significance to your life. I feel that multiple, I felt that for Brother Jake, but I feel this as a corporate word. That as this week progresses, God is going to begin to sharpen your edge. And as a result, there's going to be relationships you didn't know were out there. There's going to be divine appointments. And because of your mental focus and spiritual attention to the things of God, there's going to be a sharpness in relationships with new people. And you're going to wonder, how in the world did that even happen? Where did they even come from? I didn't even know they had my number or my email address. See, y'all think I'm crazy, but I'm, I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. God's getting us ready. There is a cutting-edge creativity that's going to flow through us as we hunger and thirst for more of Him. I've lived long enough. I'd rather have the favor of God on my side than to be good any day. Because when you've got God's favor on your side, it'll surpass how good you are, how talented you are, how educated you are. God can elevate you up in the very present, in the very presence of more qualified. See, when you get your edge back, you're sensitive to the presence and the spirit of God. And you can recognize this is a God thing. This isn't, a, this isn't a, a, a pastor thing. This isn't, and just call your name. This isn't fill in the blank. This ain't my thing. This is a God thing. But see, too many times we don't let the crisis drive us to our knees in prayer. But sometimes God sends storms and we heard this team. Oh, we heard them sing that last song so powerfully. We don't let the crisis or the storm drive us to our knees, but it drives us to a pit of despair. But if our crisis could drive us to our knees in a season of prayer and fasting, could it be where the crisis started? The answer is right where you lost it. You've got to go back to where you lost your edge. Did you lose it because you quit praying? Go back to praying. Did you lose it when you quit reading the Word? Go back to reading the Word. Did you lose it in your worship? Go back to worshiping. Did you lose it in sharing your testimony? You just got silent? 
Wake up tomorrow morning. I got to find somebody to share my testimony to. Where did you lose your edge? I started thinking about all of life's troubles and trials and batterings and disappointments. We've suffered great losses. We've suffered many setbacks. But some of you may have lost it through sin that you just need to confess to God. You need to go back to that place and get it under the blood. You need to come back to an altar and say, Lord... I neglected my place of worship and my place of prayer. I neglected taking you seriously. But here I stand today ready to regain my lost edge. You see, I've discovered throughout the years that the altar is the place to get free from things that weigh you down and drown you out. It drowns out the altars where you get rid of those troubles that seem to be drowning you. But it releases the fiery passion of God back into your spirit. And I like the way the word the altar is the place that alters your direction and gets you back on track with God. You'll find that when you fast and pray, the supernatural possibilities suddenly become more natural I could list you a, it, I could say so many things right now but the holy surprises seem to come out of nowhere pastor I got this blessing pastor I got this miracle pastor I got this call pastor I got this good great I got this great miracle report pa the list the holy surprises just Seem to take over and come out from nowhere. But here's what I feel. Holy surprises become the norm when you get your edge back. You see, God knows where the axe head fell off. He knows the very spot that you lost it. And the same God that knows where it's at is standing to attention today to help you get it back. I want you to stand to your feet right now. Oh, God. In just a few moments, there's going to be several of you. This, this altar is a family altar. This is not a place that you come just because you sin. Not because you've done something bad in life and you're just some whore. No, 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 no. Not this altar. This is an altar where God gives back as you release. God gives back spiritual edges. God gives back promises fresh into your spirit. God gives back things that you thought were lost. He gives those back and causes you to believe again. Your best days are not behind you. No, no, ma'am. Ma'am, your best days are not behind you. Some will step to this altar in a few minutes seeking God to help you get back the things he gave you that you feel are still gone. Seasons of fasting and prayer make this happen. When you begin to cry out to God and tears begin to flow, 
That's where God comes and ministers. <laughs> Some of you need to invite God to, there's demolition that needs to take place on the inside. God, tear down the walls that I've erected over the last several years. Tear down the hurt. Remove those things that cause me and, and prevent me from stepping forward into my future. What I feel in this house, he's going to begin to tear down as you begin to give to him the broken pieces. of. He's going to tear down those things that you thought you could never get over. When you begin to give it to him, every hurt, every offense, everything you've been through in your life that's brought you to this defining moment, the bitter divorce, the bitter betrayal, whatever it was, the, the, the addiction that seems to have gripped your heart and your mind. God says, if you'll give it to me, I'll give you a sharpness in your spirit. I'll give you a sharpness again in your thinking so you can wage war and use my word and my spirit to defeat what you cannot in your flesh. I close with reminders. Fasting is a gateway through which God releases His supernatural power into our lives. This altar service will be one where you open that gateway or you ignore that gateway and you stay in your routines. I challenge you to whatever degree you can this week I'm challenging you engage in fasting engage in prayer and allow God to sharpen allow God to cause you to retain and regain your spiritual edge I don't know what's coming around the corner I don't know what's coming around. I don't know what's coming next month. I don't know what decision that you're going to face. But I can tell you this. Where you lost it is the place you'll find it. Oh, where you lost it. Where did you grow cold? Where did you grow weak? What did you entertain? What voice did you listen to? Go to that place and begin to close every channel. Close every channel of the adversary's voice to your life. In your own way, I want you to begin to pray. This is an altar open to all. God's about to spiritually begin to sharpen and allow you to regain the lost edge of your spirit man. Right now, all over this house, would you begin to lift your voice? Uh, Father, in the name of Jesus, God's not finished with you yet. God's not finished with you yet. God's not finished with you yet. That's it. We've got people praying all over this house. Oh, we've got people praying all over this house. Let this be a heartfelt prayer. Let this be a prayer that would touch the heavens. Just you and God. God, I want my age back. I want it back. I want my peace back. I want my joy back. I want my 
I want my marriage back. I want my happiness and joy back. I want the zeal of his house to consume and eat me up. The gifts and the calling are without repentance. Sir, that gift is still in you. That calling is still there. He's got a plan. Don't go through 2024 swinging a dull axe. Don't go into tomorrow with a dull, with a dull axe. I see it floating in the river. I see it floating in the river. Reach out and take it. Reach out. Reach out and be part of the miracle. Reach out and be part of what God wants to do in your life.